Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Sit down and be quiet. You are drunk, and this is the edge of the roof. That's good advice from Persian Sufi Rumi coming across eight centuries. When you're tipsy and it's a long way down, best take a seat. But Rumi was a mystic. He's giving us spiritual instructions. Sit down and be quiet. You are drunk, and this is the edge of the roof. When you're up high, he's saying, when you're in a state of ecstasy or profound despair, when you get right to the edge, don't fall asleep. Don't fall off or jump off. Don't do something. Just sit there. This week after Christmas is a threshold between old and new, a liminal time and place, the edge of the roof of the new year. I love these days of reflection and anticipation. And this morning I want to invite you to contemplate loving them too. To begin, I want to shout out the Feast of St. Stephen and Boxing Day, both celebrated in Europe, and Kwanzaa, a pan-African holiday observed the world over, starting today. St. Stephen was the first Christian martyr. His feast day also celebrates King Wenceslas, Duke of Bohemia in the early 1900s and patron saint of the former Czechoslovakia. The Good King's Charity to the Poor, celebrated in that familiar carol, put him on our map. And did you know that Boxing Day, which originated in 19th century Europe, has nothing to do with the sport? One theory holds that metal alms boxes placed outside churches were opened on December 26th when clergy distributed alms to the poor. A second theory is that servants were given off the day after Christmas and boxes of gifts, bonuses, and leftover food were given to the servants in thanks for their service. And Kwanzaa, begun in 1966, opens with a celebration of Umoja, a Swahili word for unity, unity in family, community, nation, and race. We could do far worse than to spend the first day of this final week of the year in the spirit of unity and giving, or sharing the wealth of the holiday's excesses, or at least giving away what we don't need. And then what? Five days to go. Unitarian Minister A. Powell Davies said, life is just a chance 
to grow a soul. Let's climb up onto that roof together, shall we? After this one more day of doing, shall we give ourselves to being? How about doing less and being more? Being more. Sit down and be quiet. You are drunk, and this is the edge of the roof. Bucky McKeeman, my beloved colleague of blessed memory, wants to discuss this with us from the edge of the bed. Have you ever fallen out of bed? One of our daughters uh, managed to fall out of the top bunk, apparently worked her way around the fence, rolled off, and went soaring down, and never woke up. Years off my life to find her there on the floor, but she slumbered on peacefully. And as a child, my wife, Kem, slept right through being carried from bed in a hotel fire. She woke up the next morning in a different hotel without the slightest clue as to how she got there. I, on the other hand, remember falling out of bed. Falling out of bed, slam, little kid, right, boom, right off the edge, right onto cold hardwood, suddenly wide awake from a deep sleep. With all due modesty, I suspect my own childhood experience was a little more normal. You fall out of bed, maybe you grab for something as you go, the sheets perhaps, which you rip, or the bedside table, which you might pull over onto yourself, and there you are on the floor, not at all where you want to be, a rude awakening. So here's Bucky McKeeman. He writes, children fall asleep, I'm sorry, children fall out of bed because they fall asleep too near the place where they got in. And then he does this long, beautiful riff on what happens when we fall asleep. Okay, leap with me to the metaphorical, spiritual level. When we fall asleep too near the place where we get in where we fall asleep too near the edge. Bucky McKeeman writes, there are many, many books that remain unread. I went to sleep too near the place where I got in. There are many people I might have gotten to know better, he continues, had I listened more intently to their stories rather than waiting for a pause so I could tell mine. I went to sleep too near the edge. He concludes, I hear people talking about living on the edge, at the boundary between the known and the unknown. In some sense, whether we like it or not, we all dwell in that realm. The point is that no good will come from falling asleep too near the place where we got in. It's not a good idea to fall asleep on the edge. Instead, if we're going to live on the edge, we have to be awake. Only that day dawns to which we are awake. This is Henry David Thoreau, the closing words of Walden. Only that day dawns to which we are awake. There is more day to dawn. The sun is but a morning star. There are few edges like the rim of the Grand Canyon. 
Like many Grand Canyon enthusiasts, Kem owns a book with the cheerful title, Over the Edge, Death in Grand Canyon. A record of all known fatal mishaps in the big ditch. For comic relief, it also includes some astounding near misses, and here's the opening story. On the morning of September 15, 1946, Hollywood fashion designer Dee Dee Johnson and her entourage were planning a major advertising photo shoot on the canyon's south rim. Dee Dee was wearing a halter top and a brand new style of her own invention, skin-tight floodwater short pants. She called them pedal pushers. Chief Park Service Ranger Perry Bowen, no, that's Perry Brown, he arrived in time to see Dee Dee posed provocatively on the parapet wall on the brink of the abyss in a death-defying pose. Get her off the wall before she falls off, he said, and Ranger William Bowen, closest to her, took three steps, but it was too late, and over she went. Miraculously, Dee Dee Johnson landed short of the chasm and slid down a steep slope to within five feet of a 300-foot drop. She came to rest sitting up, facing the canyon, with a small pile of debris between her legs, which was gradually trickling off into the void. You have to picture this. Nonetheless, it was everything keeping her from pitching off into a lot of fabulous scenery and a mile deep of open space. There wasn't much time. Ranger William Bowen worked his way down to her, grabbed a small pinion tree, took hold of her by the seat of her pedal pushers, and as he reports, this is the written report, quote, there we were. I couldn't say we were comfortable, but at least we were immobile. And we did have an excellent, unobstructed view of the canyon. <laughs> I kid you not. Ranger Dean Daisy came over the wall and down on a rope, tied another rope under Dee Dee's arms, and up she went. William Bowen hung on to Dee Dee Day Dean Daisy, and the rangers went up together. Needless to say, all of this astonishing rescue was captured by Dee Dee Johnson's phalanx of photographers. The one thing most accounts of this incident fail to mention is that there are some pretty spectacular photos from the very end. On the way up, Dee Dee lost her halter top and arrived back on top, topless. A true sensation in 1946. She was terribly ungrateful to Dean Daisy. The report notes that. <laughs> we need not worry what became of her, though. As we well know, pedal pushers became a wildly successful sensation. Dee Dee Johnson fell asleep too close to the place where she got in. She stopped paying attention to that edge, and over she went. She needed Rumi whispering in her ear, the way we all need Rumi whispering in our ear, sit down and be quiet. You are drunk. And this is the edge of the roof. Beloved spiritual companions, here we are, 
on the edge of the roof of the new year. We're sitting down and quiet. If we're lucky, we're awake. We're drunk, but only on life. This chance to grow a soul. Over the next week, let's pay attention to that edge and attend to our growing edge, to the possibilities for wonder and even to being drunk on the wonder of it all. Let us sit down and be quiet, keeping still so that our lives may speak and our deepest longings, rich with possibility, may draw us across the threshold and into the new year. The last word goes to poet Rainer Maria Rilke, who wrote, and now, let us believe in the new year, new, untouched, full of things that have never been.